This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. But first, if you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology, all in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. When planning your trip up north, plan to park your RV or camper at the spacious Grand Haven RV Campground in Bemidji. You'll be in the perfect area to ride ATV, fish, hunt, and hike. With free parking for your boats and trailers and located just off Highway 2 west of Bemidji, Grand Haven Campground is the center point for your next Northland adventure. Fish hundreds of surrounding lakes and cruising the miles and miles of the ATV trails northern Minnesota has to offer. Visit GrantHavenCampground.com and book your stay today. I'm Will Pampoos and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors because Kev Jackson needs all the help he can get. Dalton Rosine is joining me. He is the regional director of Ducks Unlimited, uh, which, uh, Dalton, first of all, thanks for joining us once again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, and secondly, describe the region. What what region are you covering? I cover northern Minnesota, but primarily northwest Minnesota, anywhere west of Grand Rapids and north of Purim. Ducks Unlimited has had a very strong, uh, strong presence here in the Bemidji area for a long time. I remember when I was working part-time in my college days. Trust me, that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, I remember, you know, doing PSAs about the annual Ducks Unlimited banquet back then. So, I mean, this has been going on a long time. Absolutely. So Ducks Unlimited, for those who don't know, I mean, obviously kind of says what it is. It's, you know, a duck organization, a duck conservation organization. And so what are the key things you guys are doing? Key things we're doing, I mean, especially in the prairie pothole region as far as conservation work goes, is restoring our prairie potholes the way they used to be. I mean, you look at what uh, the landscape used to be back in Minnesota and the Dakotas before, you know, modern agricultural practices came in and there was just prairie potholes and wetlands and prairies all over the place. You know, that's our primary nesting grounds for, you know, new birds and having the wetlands there to, you know, hitchhike all the way down south. Um, going down for winter is, you know, absolutely crucial to our conservation mission, and that's where we're focusing right now is the Dakotas and um, southern Minnesota and west central Minnesota especially. You know, I I guess, um, and I talk about this with Scott many times over the years, the thing about ducks and waterfall of any sort is it's kind of got to be a collaborative effort amongst organizations from, you know, the Arctic Circle down to maybe Central and South America because they don't just stick around our neck of the woods. Correct. Yep. I mean, they they go all the way down to Arkansas, Louisiana, and then come all the way back up to nest in the spring. I mean, it is absolutely incredible how many miles those birds can put on. So if we want to have good hunting here, we got to make sure that the ducks are being well taken care of when they're not here, and we got to do our part up here uh, for for the rest of the nation as well. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I, I look at it as building a house. I mean, the two most important things as far as building a house are your roof and your foundation. And we're the foundation up here in the Prairie Bothole region because if you don't have a good foundation, you don't have a solid house. So right. that's that's number one. That's what we're focusing on. 
Um, you you were mentioning uh, before we got on the air. There's a few specific things that have that have happened recently that uh, Ducks Unlimited has been a very big part of. Yeah, a um, few projects that we had go on in the state, or at least uh, acquisitions that we made are a track down in Nicollet County, a couple hundred acres down there, and we're going to rest, uh, restore some prairie potholes that were once there but are not anymore because of new agriculture, you know, modern agricultural practices, and then couple hundred acres in Dent, Minnesota as well, but the most recent restoration project we've had is over at Goose Prairie in Monoman, and we're actually set to dedicate there um, next next summer, next June. We're going to have a dedication for our major donors and large supporters there. Okay. So for those who aren't familiar with how the ducks operate, um, you know, you, you mentioned a good uh, um, habitat for them. Um, so I'm assuming a lot of the uh, a, uh, nests and laying of eggs are being done in our neck of the woods in the spring and summer, correct? Yep, yep, that's that's the primary area of nesting. So what do they need? What do they want? Obviously, we know ducks like water. Yep, uh, largest thing is honestly prairies. Um, that is where majority of ducks nest, and it, it's pretty incredible learning more and more about ducks as you get older and what they prefer to nest in, like pintails, for instance, are one of the larger birds in you know typical flyways, but they nest in some of the shortest grass, which mm-hmm. make them very vulnerable to you know predators and this and that for you know exposing their nests. Whereas you know a mallard typically nests in taller grass and is less susceptible to being found. How many types of ducks do we actually have coming through the state of Minnesota? Oh, through the state of Minnesota, I would say. Out of the 43, I would say we probably have a little bit over half of okay. the waterfowl species in North America. You get your divers, which are, or your sea ducks, which are, you know, east, west coasts, but you still get a few roaming through, you know, the Great Lakes area, which, I mean, I had a college kid last year kill two brant geese on Lake Winnie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's absolutely unheard of in this area, but it's really cool to see those birds come through. Well, you are Ducks Unlimited, but I'm assuming that there is a little crossover that uh, even geese and like a lot of the same types of lands that the ducks do? Yep, absolutely. So so you're helping them too? Yep, absolutely. And that's not just ducks and geese and waterfowl. It's, you know, deer, it's turkeys, every every single animal out there needs water. Right, right. Um, So from a Ducks Unlimited perspective nationally, um, what is our situation with uh, with dedicated uh, wetlands and, and prairie and the things they need? Are we are we needing more? Are we okay? Where are we at? We're always needing more. <laughs> I mean, we are always wanting more. So that's uh, we are dead set on moving forward as a company and restoring as much critical habitat as we can. Okay. Um, so one of the ways we do that, obviously, is fundraisers with the various Ducks Unlimited chapters. And here in Bemidji, the annual banquet's coming up. And like I said... That annual banquet's been going on a long time. Yep, absolutely. So it's uh, it's a week from this Thursday. So tell us uh, what we need to know to get involved and uh, help you guys out. Biggest thing, um, honestly, we need always need more volunteers on the committee. Uh, if you want to get on the local committee here in Bemidji or don't live in Bemidji and want to start a new chapter or get on your local chapter, uh, reach out to any local volunteer or the regional director and we'll get you signed up. Okay. Um Regarding the fundraiser, biggest thing is buying your tickets and bringing as many people as you can. Um, the more exposure we have, the more fun we have, the more guns and prizes we give away. 
So, yeah, that's uh, that's always the thing. There's a lot of games, there's a lot of opportunities to win a lot of prizes. I assume that hasn't yes. changed. No, that's always going to be the fun part, and that's why we do it. Okay, so uh, it, uh, it's happening a week from Thursday at uh, Sanford Center. What time does it start, and what can we expect to happen then? Doors night? open at 5, even though I'm sure people will be showing up beforehand, like they always do. Um going to be about the same program as last year we're going to give away about 40 guns and about thirty-five thousand dollars worth of merchandise so that's a lot of stuff yeah. and we're going to give away a lot of stuff and have a lot of fun so that's going to be about the same program and we've got a few guns on order right now and expecting to pick the, the rest up next week okay and that's um I think you were saying fifty dollars if, if you want to buy an individual ticket 90 uh for a couple uh, thirty-five for a youth, and then you can buy the whole table for three hundred and sixty bucks at a discount. Okay. Yep. And like always, um, best way, easiest way, probably is to just get on the website, find the, find it, and yep. how do you do that? Uh, mndu.org is the primary website, and then you can find the Bemidji Banquet from there. Okay, just buy your tickets right then. And there, be good yep. to go. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and that is kind of the kickoff for you in your region. You've got a number of uh, other events going on in our area. In fact, one of them actually is coming up this Sunday. So let's talk a little bit about that. We can still get involved in that, too. Yeah, so the Squaw Lake Rubber Ducky Race is always a fun one just because it's not your traditional banquet or a bingo or this or that. I mean, it's it's something that's always fun, fun, fun for the kids to watch the duckies race. And, you know, you can win up to $1,000 as, you know, if your rubber ducky's a winner. So... That's quite a bit of chunk of change for buying a $5 rubber ducky. And that is at Squaw Lake, so where exactly are we going to find that? You can pick your rubber duckies up at Leno's Pub in Squaw Lake, right off the main highway there. Okay. And those will be available until we race the ducks. Okay, and where and where are we racing the ducks? Uh, at the river right next to the bar. Okay, well, easy enough. Yep. <laughs> easy to find. Okay. Yep, exactly. And what time does the race kick off? Oh, I believe it is 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Okay. And that's just down the road in Squaw Lake uh, again this Sunday. The Rubber Ducky races, uh, and you can walk away with about a thousand bucks if you have the lucky duck. Got to got to be the lucky duck. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Walker and Perm also have some events coming up shortly. Yep, Walker's is one of the longest running uh, banquets in the state, if not the longest, and always a fun event. Uh, we have a great group of volunteers down there, and the help with reeds. Um, Banquet's going to be at Mustang Sally's this year, and that's a week after Bemidji's Banquet. So that would be – let me look. I lose track. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many of them. September 15th, Thursday, doors open at 5 o'clock at Mustang Sally's. And then Purim's is the day after Bemidji's on the 9th. The 9th, okay. Yep, Friday, September 9th. And I assume just like Bemidji's, just go to the website, yep. get your tickets. Yep, you can get your tickets for all those events at mndu.org. Now, the one thing is when you when you buy a ticket to the banquet, you're also buying a membership Ducks Unlimited. Is that correct? Correct, yep. And that subscribes you to everything that we have going on in your local area, and you get your DU Magazine subscription, and then everything else that comes with it as well. The other great uh, cool thing in the Bemidji area is we've got a very active uh, college DU uh, chapter, which has, I believe, been recognized in the past as one of the top. Yep, they've been a great group of guys to work with and gals. Um, And this past year and the year before that, they've been recognized as Bronze All-Americans, just with different criteria over the nation um, as far as awards go, but being a Bronze All-American is still a really big deal. 
And uh, they've got a, their first event coming up in about a, a little over a month, uh, yep. October 6th. So we'll, we'll have them in to talk more about it. But, yep. but in essence, what's going to be happening? Uh, basically, their waterfowl hunters party. This is the one where we get all the college kids together, put as many college kids in the room as we can, and then bring in our alumni and other BSU supporters and have a great night and raise some money for the Ducks. Duck season is just about here. The Ducks Unlimited Banquet is coming up next Thursday here in Bemidji, the following day in Purim, and two weeks from today in Walker. We'll have a lot more to talk about with Dalton later on. But up next, we'll get back to Fish and Talk. It's our Lake of the Week. I'm Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and I'm proud to help Kev Jackson sound smart on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Bro reminding you that the coolest people are on fishing Paul Bunyan country. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It is lake of the weekday, and we're checking in with Dave Weitzel. He's the area fisheries supervisor out of the Grand Rapids office. And uh, we're heading over to the Deer River area to check out today's lake. But first of all, Dave, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know, the interesting thing about moose, I guess if you live over there, you've probably heard of it, because it's not a small lake, 1,200-plus acres, but, you know, in the in the land of Winnie and Pokegama and some of the other bigger lakes there, uh, kind of, at, at least from a perspective of where I live in the Bemidji area, got lost in the shuffle. I, you know, discovered it uh, just by looking at the map, looking for some lakes of the week, but it looks like it is a dandy. It, it sure is, yeah. Um, and to your point, it's uh, probably not as famous as Deer Lake, which is uh, essentially right across the street, uh, or some of those other big lakes that you mentioned. Um, but it's still one of our more popular lakes, and uh, for very good reason. It, it uh, produces a very good uh, multi-species fishery. Um, so there's a little bit of everything in Moose Lake that folks can enjoy. Uh, it was traditionally really considered one of our better walleye lakes, um, and we've uh, actually done a lot of survey work on Moose Lake going all the way back to the 1950s and uh, found that the lake has very good spawning habitat for walleye, and for the longest time it was able to maintain itself with uh, very good natural reproduction. Uh, for some reason, starting in about 2012, we went through a period where several poor-year classes were produced, uh, and the population declined. Um, during this time period, uh, the lake was also regulated with a 17 to 26-inch slot limit. Uh, and it just seemed like uh, when we did our last survey in 2018 that maybe some management changes needed to happen to get that walleye population back to where we wanted it to be. Um, so we actually began a fry stocking program in 2019 to help uh, increase the number of small walleyes in the lake. Uh, with the hope being that, you know, maybe after a few cycles of fry stocking, we'll uh, see an improvement in the number of fish out there and, uh, again, be able to see that they're able to reproduce on their own. Um, but the other thing that we did uh, was relax that slot limit. Uh, when it was 17 to 26 inches, there wasn't a lot of evidence that it was doing what we wanted it to do. 
Uh, so we relaxed that um, to a 20 to 24 inch slot limit with the main idea is just to protect a few of those bigger females, um, but still allow some harvest to occur on the top end. A little bit too early to tell uh, if this strategy is paying off, but we did get angler reports uh, from last winter of folks catching some 10 to 13 inch walleye. So that's very encouraging that maybe some of these um, stock deer classes are starting to show up and, and we're on the cusp of uh, seeing an improvement in uh, walleye recruitment on Moose Lake. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, and the survey I'm looking at was from 2018, and, you know, it wasn't a ton of fish per net, but the average size at that time was higher than you usually see, 2.6 pounds. Yeah, and that was part of the mystery. It, it didn't seem like the issue was uh, a lack of spawning fish. It, it certainly didn't see that, seem that the issue was uh, a fish community that was out of balance. Um, a lot of times when we see problems with our walleye recruitment, uh, you can sample a lake and find either really high numbers of northern pike or really low numbers of perch, and you kind of have this aha moment that something's out of balance. Uh, we really couldn't identify anything um, out of the ordinary in Moose Lake, although we did notice on uh, several lakes in the work area during that time period we were seeing a reduction in walleye recruitment and we wonder if it had to do with some spring weather conditions that had occurred during that time period um, for example on Winnie we, we uh, had similar observations uh, between 2015 and 2017 where uh, even though we were stocking the lake we didn't get good year classes those years uh, kind of area-wide what we're seeing is um, those populations are starting to rebound with some really strong year classes from 18 and 19 so we're hoping that the next time we go out on moose, we'll, we'll see that those year classes are present and that the population is heading in the direction that we want it to. Well, you can you can certainly fish for many other things as well. Looks like you got some crappies, largemouth, smallmouth, uh, northerns, and the northerns not a ton of them, but uh, again, they're pretty big average size. They, they are. They're they're a very nice uh, northern pike. Um, you, you could certainly have a shot at, uh, you know, a truly large fish, something over 36 inches would not be unheard of mm. from uh, Moose Lake. Uh, it's also known as one of our best natural musky lakes in the Grand Rapids area. Um, and uh, the neat thing about Moose Lake is we've actually gone in and studied the genetics of the muskies in Moose Lake and found that uh, the fish in Moose and Deer Lakes kind of have their own uh, unique genetic signature. Uh, so these fish certainly appear like they're native to these lakes. Um, you know, they're closely related to the population in the upper Mississippi River, which is no big surprise. Uh, but we can certainly uh, tell that these fish are, are kind of unique to Moose and Deer Lake. Um, on, in the case of Moose Lake, uh, the, right now it's a fun lake to fish for muskies um, because there's uh, a, a real good number of fish in the lake. Um, but what you're going to find is a lot of those fish tend to be a little bit on the smaller size. Um, in fact, what we see through our survey work is um, on Moose Lake, the, the muskies tend to top out kind of in those uh, mid-40-inch range up to about 49 inches. Not to say you couldn't occasionally, occasionally see a 50-inch muskie uh, on Moose Lake, um, but I think we've got some other lakes in the work area that have better uh, opportunities for those truly large muskies. Uh, but for somebody that just wants to go out and have the opportunity to catch a fish, uh, moose would kind of be a go-to location to do that at this point. You know, it's uh, it's great to see natural muskie reproduction. I mean, we we know there's there's a number of lakes that have that, but then a number of lakes that have been stocked. But 
once you stock them, it, it it seems that it's a big challenge to try to keep uh, a good, healthy range of fish. Like in Bemidji, I know uh, one of the th- concerns is they're all big at this point, and they're having a hard time getting the next generation. Um, sounds like that is not an issue with deer. No. And, and, or moose, rather. And we've looked at that at other populations, and um, generally speaking, uh, lakes that support natural reproduction uh, you know, th- th- those fish are, are kind of doing their thing, and, and the year classes are formed when the conditions are right, versus when we stock fish, you know, we're kind of guessing at the time of putting those fish in the lake. Uh, sometimes nature cooperates and we get it right, sometimes they don't. Uh, so with these natural populations, whether it be a musky population or a walleye population, uh, a lot of times you will see that there's more of a healthy balance in your age and size distribution across the population uh, than you'd maybe get with a stocked fishery. This is a lake, you know, it's not hidden away by any stretch, gets lots of traffic, I'm sure, but uh, it's always nice to be on a lake no matter what in Minnesota, but this is a lake you go to when you want to catch fish. It, it, it sure is, and, um, you know, beyond the, the pike, the walleye, and the muskie, uh, the bass fishery is excellent. Uh, both largemouth bass and smallmouth bass are present, uh, and um, it also has the panfish. Um, you know, the bluegill are uh, fairly abundant. Um, we don't see the real big bluegill that we see in some of our other local lakes, uh, but the crappie at times we see fish over 13 inches, so it can definitely be worth one's while uh, again, to try it on occasion to see what uh, crappie year classes are present. And if you hit it at the right time, uh, you might be pleasantly surprised with some real high-end crappies. Don't want to curse anything, but uh, AIS uh, concerns there or not? Uh, at this point, no, but we're keeping a close eye on it. Um, you know, there's a lot of nearby lakes that have zebra mussels now. Uh, so um, definitely want to keep a close eye on it and uh, remind anglers uh, when they come off the water to be sure that they're cleaning their equipment, removing all that vegetation. Um, on uh, nearby Deer Lake, they've even uh, installed a boat washing station. Um, so uh, as these boat washing stations become more common, we certainly encourage people to take advantage of that. Uh, be sure that uh, you're part of the solution and not contributing to the problem. And again, easy to find. Uh, basically, go to Deer River and uh, not f- far from there. In fact, there's uh, multiple uh, ways to get on the lake, a couple of different accesses. There, there sure is, yeah. If you're uh, in Deer River and head up uh, County Road 6, you can cut over on uh, County Road 19, and um, uh, you'll start to see signs for public accesses, yep. Okay. It's uh, Moose Lake. It's our Lake of the Week. Dave Weitzel from the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office with the details. As always, Dave, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. When we come back, Dalton Rosine is back to talk more ducks and give his two cents on a very controversial duck topic. It's all coming up. This is Toby Kabalivan. All of us at LOA are proud to make Kev Jackson sound smart. Sort of. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your dentures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. 
Dalton Rosine is my guest. He's the Northwest Regional Director of Ducks Unlimited. And Dalton, one thing worth noting, uh, most people who are involved in Ducks Unlimited most likely are duck hunters. But ducks, just like deer that run through your yard, um, or uh, the turkeys you see on the side of the road, or the, you know, whatever, um, that's part of living in Minnesota. There's a ton of people who live in Minnesota that in, enjoy those things and love those things, even though they don't hunt. And so, you know, if you like that, if that's, you know, something you think is important part of, well, not just, you know, our area, but the state and the nation, I mean, you can support Ducks Unlimited even if you aren't a hunter. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of sportsmen we have in this state is astronomical, and that's a great thing. But we can't have those sportsmen without, you know, our public lands and having water for our public lands as well. I mean, having those animals as a resource to harvest is, you know, number one reason why we have so many sportsmen in, in the state. And, you know, our habitat and conservation work, not just with DU, but with every organization, is important. Now, there's chapters all over, as we mentioned, the nation up in Canada. Actually, some down, I believe, and I've heard in Mexico and, and other other nations yep. as well, uh, all working together. Um, so, how does you know any national or international um, initiatives work within Ducks Unlimited? Uh, international initiatives uh, can be dedicated as major donor funds, but we like to keep as entities, different entities, in our own. Uh, respect to the United States, for instance, um, like majority of dollars we raise go towards those acquisitions that we were talking about earlier in Minnesota and the Dakotas to restore those prairie potholes and purchase those land acquisitions to restore them. So how did you get involved in Ducks Unlimited? You, we talked to you last year when you first started. So how did you get involved? So I was brought up through the college recruit, uh, recruitment program. Uh, Gustavus's chapter started as I was a freshman. And then me and my co-chairman for the next three years decided to take it over our sophomore year because we had a whole bunch of seniors start up the chapter and they needed some young, fresh blood to take it over. So we did that and I got close with a lot of state leadership and the regional director at the time in southern Minnesota. And I got a phone call asked if I wanted to move down to Indiana. So I was an RD in Indiana for three years prior to moving up to northern Minnesota, which was a lot of fun as well. Okay. But uh, your Minnesota is your is your home. Absolutely. Okay. So Dalton, um, what I mean, what is the th- what is it that you do mostly? Oh man, that's a fun question. Um, I am a jack of all trades, so I do anything from advertising and promoting for all of our events in northern Minnesota here, and then I also participate in traveling to committee meetings anywhere from you know Baudette down to Purim or Grand Rapids over to Moorhead. Like tonight, I have a meeting up in Baudette that I need to go to, so that's going to be a, a very fun fun meeting tonight and get to drive all the way up to Bidet and see my volunteers up there and participate in those committee meetings and then help them prepare and plan for their upcoming events this year. Okay. Um, what has been the biggest surprise to you in your first year as the DU Regional Director? Oh, man. Um, biggest surprise is probably taking over for Scotty Anderson. I'll, I'll give him a shout-out right now because he is – He's probably one of the best regional directors I've seen in the trade, and I've met met a lot of them, and there's a reason why he's taken on the promotion of being the national director of non-traditional fundraising. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I saw him at the Lumberjack Scramble. That's like the first time I've seen him in about a year. So. Yep, yep. Uh, so I'm sure he's busy traveling, doing all that, uh, yep. that big dog stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I assume you actually do duck hunt. Yes, yep, much okay. as I can. Is that like your favorite 
type of hunting? Yes, absolutely. So what 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 is it that you like about duck hunting? Uh, definitely the camaraderie, uh, the social aspect. Putting me in a deer stand and forcing me to be quiet is really, <laughs> really, really tough. So <laughs> the fact that I get to talk and, uh, you know, chat amongst people in the boat is probably the best part, whether you kill ducks or not during the day. Now, I understand fall in Minnesota can mean some pretty nasty weather, but it starts fairly early. So, you know, I got to think it's better weather than deer hunting, too. Yes. Well, it's it's a mix of both. I mean, I've, I've had days where it is just, you know, 30, 20 degrees and getting pretty cold. And when you get wet, it is not fun. But then you get days like this upcoming weekend for teal season that it will probably be 75, 80, hopefully not 90 degrees. <laughs> and you are sweating getting the decoys in the water. Uh, I've had a few people over the – well, a couple over the years that I always keep saying, there's no ducks up here. There's never – there's no ducks. Um, I've seen them. I'm assuming uh, that's that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, there there are definitely plenty of birds up here, and that's that's something I want to speak about. Uh, coming from Indiana, um, the amount of public land and resources that we have up here and the amount of birds as well, um, it's a true gift to the people here in Minnesota and locally because we just have so much more opportunity, whereas other states, they're, they're, they're just not as public, friend, or public land friendly. And... Like, for instance, in Indiana, in order to get on a good public property, you had to go to a draw at 5 a.m., and this property might be two hours away, and you may have a one in three chance of even hunting that day, and that's a huge time and energy commitment just to have a chance to duck hunt, and the fact that we have so much resources and, you know, a good bird population up here is just awesome, and that's that's a great experience living in Minnesota as well. All right. I mean, I can wake up Saturday morning and say... I think I'm going to go hunting today, and I can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I I do think we don't understand that, especially if you've lived here all your life and this is all you know. Mm -hmm. We really don't get how good we have it. Yep. And and I I mean that for fishing and deer hunting and, you know, duck hunting and now turkey hunting. I mean, all of that stuff, we are just really, really blessed. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up? No. Everything sounds great. Well, actually, I have one thing for you. Yep. Because I was on the air doing an interview with a guy, and we had a dispute about ducks. And I figure if somebody who's been immersed in ducks Mm -hmm. is going to know the answer to this question. Yep. So here is our dispute. Who is the better duck, Donald or Daffy? Oh. I got to say Donald. Oh, man. I am on an island by myself. <laughs> I was not expecting that question. You kind of caught me off guard. Well, I, I got to say Donald Duck. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you and Chuck Hazzy seeing eye to eye. I'm all by myself over here in Daffy Land. Okay. What if we throw in Aflac? Ooh. I still got to go with Donald. All right. All right. Donald's got his lovers. That's for sure. <laughs> all right. Dalton Rosine, Regional Director from Ducks Unlimited here in the north uh, part of the state. It, great to have you in. We'll be in with, uh, we'll have you in later on because I know we got some more great DU stuff going on later on in the year. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Perfect. Thanks, Kevin. Well, I guess I'll just go home, sit in the basement, and watch Daffy Duck cartoons by myself. That's it for today. We've got Mandy Urich in tomorrow. I should have asked her that question, but she's got a lot of great information as we head into a long weekend of fishing and, of course, some hunting, too. We're getting there. She talks about it all on the next show. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast. 
sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>